Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. In the beginning, Adam and Eve walked with God personally. They fellowshiped and were taught by Him directly. He was their friend, father, king, God, protector, provider, and their teacher. However, after the fall, they lost that direct fellowship. God still found ways to teach them through experiences and with certain chosen men, but not so directly, and things were often misunderstood or the vessel failed to rightly represent him. So, eventually, because that men could no longer go to him and walk with God, God instead came to them and walked with men. Jesus came as the Word of God manifested, God in the flesh, both teaching and rightly representing God's message. Jesus fellowshiped and instructed a momentary restoration, or so it seemed. Then the unexpected happened. He died and left them. How could this be? He actually died for them and for you and me and all who would believe that God came and took the blame for our sin and failure to maintain his word and instruction that was originally given. Such was the purpose in Jesus' crucifixion. And in doing so was the enemy defeated and our faith built in the resurrection when we see that Jesus himself was risen. Yet because he ascended into heaven was the Holy Ghost released and sent back to us as both the Spirit of God drawing truth from the Father and the Spirit of a man coming from the Son, Jesus, and able to continually interact with us freely feeding us spiritual wisdom and revelation given as our daily bread to those who seek it. By this was access to the teacher given again to every man in any given moment, location, or situation. Revelations chapter 3 verse 20 tells us this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Just a little further down in the very next chapter, 4 verse 1, the author says, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking to me, which said, Come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Who do you think that one was? 
Of course, it was Jesus, our high priest. We read in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us therefore hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmity, but was in all points tempted just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us therefore be willing to come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. In these three passages, we see an amazing thing that Paul says there is a door that has been opened up in the heavenlies. Jesus tells us that he stands at the door and knocks and he wants us to open it, to invite him in, to come and fellowship. And then John tells us that there's a door in heaven opened up that we can enter in to go to him, to the very throne of grace, to receive whatever we need to complete our mission and purpose in this earth with integrity. And the writer of Hebrews makes it very clear that we do not need to fear because God understands Jesus experienced everything as a man that we might ever hope to experience. So when we come to him, we can have confidence that he gets it. He won't lack understanding, compassion, or patience. My friend, he died for you. How much more can he do to prove his love or desire for you to step through that door and come get what you need to endure, to overcome, to walk in freedom? He offers grace, which is the power of his Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus' blood was shed to atone for our sins, that through it we can obtain forgiveness. Then the Holy Spirit was given to restore fellowship and to give all men who would receive it a teacher again. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 tells us this, For the grace of God, which bringeth salvation, hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously and godly right now in this present world, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority and let no man despise thee for doing it. Titus chapter 2 verses 11 through 15. Jesus said that if we abide, we will stay connected to the vine and produce good fruits. The fruits of the spirit or the evidence that we are being taught and led by it. Jesus said that his Holy Spirit would come to lead us into all truth and would speak only of him. Why is this? Because he is the truth, the way, and the life. The word of God manifested an object lesson for all humanity. 
The Holy Spirit's very purpose is to make you holy like Jesus, to teach you who he really is and to instruct you to surrender to his characteristics. The more time you spend with him, the more you will reflect his teachings and the more you will be like Jesus in character and in obedience to the will of the Father. In John chapter 16, verse 13, we read this, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he shall show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and show it unto you. A little while, and ye shall not see me, and again a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. It's an amazing thing that God did to restore unto us this friend and teacher, yet do so few, I think, utilize it. They don't grab hold of the reality that we all have access to that deep well. This is the point Jesus was making when he went to the woman at the well, the Samaritan, and told her that he had waters for her to drink, that she would never thirst again because God had spoken to the prophet Malachi some 400 years before and said that there was a famine coming in the land, but not for bread and water, but for the word of God. So as Jesus comes to this Samaritan woman at the well and tells her she doesn't have to thirst anymore, the disciples are even amazed that he's talking to her because that she was a heathen and a woman. But you see, God was doing it for a reason because there was a prophecy given to the Old Testament prophet Joel that said that in the last days, God would pour out his spirit on all flesh and the sons and the daughters would prophesy. And young men would have visions and old men would dream dreams and on the servants and on the handmaidens would he pour out his spirit in those days. The well of deep water and revelation was coming up from the teacher, the Holy Spirit, those who were willing to worship in spirit and in truth. As Jesus said, you don't have to go to the temple, the river's coming to you, but you got to want it. You've got to drink from it. You've got to ask him. You've got to sit and abide and get in his presence. You've got to worship. And if you do, then there's access for everyone, no matter who you are. Just remember this, that from the beginning to the end, no sin could enter into his presence. So if you want to sit in the classroom of the Holy Spirit, you need to start with repentance. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27 tells us this, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, ye may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming." If ye know that he is righteous, know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Again, bringing it back to the point that you test the fruits of the Spirit. If the character of Jesus is not manifested, then how can the Spirit be there leading and teaching you to walk in it? And usually if this is absent, it's because there's been an absence of repentance. 
Paul demonstrates this truth with his life. We know that he was a Pharisee that hunted, killed, and imprisoned Christians. He was very wicked, though he thought he was doing the will of God when he did it. Yet did God come to him and reveal the truth of who Jesus was. And when he got that revelation, he repented. He turned away from his sin and his wickedness. And then he got the scriptures, the word of God, and spent some time alone with Jesus. This is what he says in Galatians chapter 1, verse 11. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not of me. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For ye have heard of my conversation in time past and in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Then after three years did I go up to Jerusalem to see Peter and abode with him fifteen days. But other of the apostles saw I none except for James, the Lord's brother. Now these things which I have written unto you behold before God that I lie not. See, Paul understood this truth that the Holy Spirit wants us all to get, that we have direct access to the teacher whenever we desire it, that we can learn and grow as much as we want, yet can we also reject him, his leadings, and his instructions. We can walk out of the classroom. We can choose the playground. We can plug our ears. We can refuse to go to school altogether and stay immature for years. The choice is yours. How far do you want to go? How equipped to be used? The way has been made. The door has been opened unto you. It's up to you to seek to walk through. The bell is ringing. He is calling. The question is, are you coming? For most... The problem in their spiritual growth lies in this. They rather depend on copying the work of other students than to take time to sit with the teacher themselves to be corrected and go through the testings that help cause them to learn the lessons. Don't get me wrong. There are students that are more advanced than us in certain areas, and it's not wrong to have a tutor. But don't see them as the teacher. They are students too. You see, the reality is this, that ministers are merely tutors, students who have passed the test and can help you to understand what comes next because that they are a few grades ahead of where you are. Their wisdom and friendship is a valuable asset to those who are growing in the spirit of the Lord. Yet I warn you of this, spend more time with the teacher than with tutors and don't allow those to lead or to teach you who have not passed the test themselves yet. Because if the blind lead the blind, they will all fall into the ditch. Furthermore, don't blindly trust those who merely say that they have passed the test 
Wait until you see the evidence of it manifested in the fruits of the Spirit. Jesus himself instructed us in this lesson in his message on the wolves in sheep's clothing. Have patience with the real teacher's methods. Don't try to skip grades, classes, or lessons. Don't try to title yourself as being further along than you are. And don't try to play teacher. Simply direct men to the one who truly is. Bring them to the feet of Jesus and teach them how to be taught personally by his Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 tells us this, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be ye baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off as many as the Lord God shall call. This is a promise given to every generation. And to those who have received it, this warning is given to us by Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14. Neglect not the gift that is within thee which was given to thee by prophecy and by the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. God, we thank you for what you did to give us your Holy Spirit, that you are so willing to teach us, to lead, guide, and to direct us, to help us to draw up those deep, deep waters. We don't have to just repeat what we heard somebody else say in some mindless mantra, but we can get true life-changing revelation straight from you. Let us sit with your word, open it up, read it, and believe it, and ask you to reveal the truth of it to us, just like Paul did who you gave to us as an example in the New Testament of one who had not walked with Jesus personally, but instead had to learn from him in the spirit. Teach us to know your voice, to hear it, and to not follow any other. As Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice and another they will not follow. Let us not be deceived. Let us not move in pride or vanity, but let us have patience to come and sit at the master's feet to be Mary's and not Martha's, to not become so busy doing what we think is pleasing that we miss what you said is needed. Give us a heart that hungers and thirsts for righteousness because you said that if we have that, you will feel it. And let us remember that you did tell us that we don't have to ever be dry again, even in times of drought. When the truth around us seems to be running out, you're still there, knocking, saying, I haven't shut the door. But I also won't forge in. Don't take this great gift purchased for us by the blood of Jesus for granted. Invite him in to sit and sup with you, to instruct you, to teach you, to cleanse you, to free you, to make you more like him. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.